Well, good morning. Uh, for those that are tuning in at home, uh, we are, we're glad that you're tuning in. Uh, this is new for me, and for those that are probably wondering this morning, uh, me and Sammy and the family have moved to Jasper, and we are glad to be home. And uh, it's, been, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to be back here and be back in Jasper. It's been 15 years since uh, we have uh, since I've lived here, and uh, it's a blessing uh, just to be back home. Being around uh, family, I think, is very important, and I think the last few months is uh, maybe as I've tried to do some things with selling the house in Birmingham and getting here. I think a lot of things have caused me to have to stop and pray a lot more as. Uh, going through the COVID process, of course, with the, with the virus being out there and the fact that my wife is pregnant has put a lot of stress just on the family. And I think with all the stress that we've had, uh, it's good just to take a moment and pause and be thankful for the fact that we are here and that we are home and we will be uh, much happier being back around family. Uh, this morning, Dad asked me to introduce, so I'm going to introduce this morning and offer prayer before he comes and does uh, uh, his portion of the preaching this morning. And uh, some of the things that I've been thinking about over the last several weeks is the fact that when things are hard, when things are, uh, when you get tired, when things just don't seem to be going your way, I think with the virus stuff that's going on, we go to the store, the meat's not there, the toilet paper's not there, we're going and needing supplies, and just, you know, we don't know what to do or what we're going to do, and uh, we have families to take care of. Some have lost their jobs. Some have, uh, unfortunately, uh, been out, losing their jobs, being out of work. It's been a, put a strain on a lot of folks and uh, a lot of their families. But uh, hopefully this morning I can give you some assurance that will be beneficial to all of us. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul told the young preacher Timothy when he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of our God and Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. He is our hope. Jesus Christ is uh, the place where we put our hope. We put our hope for him for our salvation. And we also put our hope in him for his return. I think with the sicknesses and the things that are going on politically in this country right now, with the things that seem to be divided and everybody is, unfortunately, um, feels like we're all just at war with each other for whatever reason, whether it's being manipulated by what we hear in the media or what we hear at our places of businesses or the schools or whatever may be the case. We need to realize that Jesus Christ is our hope. He is our hope for our salvation, and he is our hope for his return. And I can say confidently that in days like this, and you know, we almost want to say, Lord, come quickly. Uh, we're uh, awaiting, uh, earnestly expecting his return one of these days to come back and take us all to be home with him. Uh, one of the things that I love reading, and this is something that's been good for me. I hope it will be good for you all at home. Uh, every now and then you ought to take time to go just read the book of James. James is one of my favorite books out of the whole Bible, and it's because there's a lot of wisdom in James. There's a lot of things in there that if we take a moment and pause and really consider a lot of the things that are in James, it gives us a lot of comfort, and it also kind of gives us a wake-up call. Uh, for those that don't understand what I mean when I say a wake-up call, I mean it's kind of like a gut check. Maybe I need to take a moment and just read some of the things that are contained in James just to remember some of the things, that the good wisdom that he gave us and he starts out in James chapter 1 by saying, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. It's hard in times like this for us to find a way to find a lot of joy. Uh, when things just seem to be going wrong or seems th things don't seem to be going right. And I can tell you, with the moving of the house and everything that we did over the last several weeks... I can I promise you, I found, I'm, I found myself in a lot of diverse temptations. And uh, I think we have to be careful that we need to take those times when we fall into trials and the troubles and the tribulations and temptations. We may need to count it as joy because our Lord may be giving us an opportunity to trust him and not to put all the trust in ourselves that we can overcome this or that I need to go find this or that money's going to solve my problem. No, if we just wait patiently upon the Lord, he can solve our problems without us ever even having a worry or a care of anything in this world. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. When your faith is tried, when you feel like you're in doubt or you feel like everything is going wrong, this is your opportunity. And some people don't maybe want to look at it as an opportunity, but I think it's a good way to look at it as an opportunity to exercise a little bit of patience 
Well, how do we get patience? Well, I think it's, uh, if we go back over to Galatians real quick, we'll, we'll recognize a few things over here that uh, uh, some of the fruits of the Spirit that we have give us the ability, uh, the Lord has blessed us with, the ability to actually be able to sustain some things. And we'll go over here and read things like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Uh, there is no law. If you go over and read that in Galatians 5.22, you'll read a word there called long-suffering. It's about having patience. It's about being able to suffer a long time waiting on the Lord to bring about what He can do for you, your family, in your life, for your job. Being long-suffering. The Lord has been so long-suffering with us as a people when you go back to the Garden of Eden, when we, when original sin came into this world through, uh, through Adam, uh, by, uh, by basically eating of the fruit in the Garden of Eden, ever since that time, God has been long-suffering with his people, whether it be the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, or when you look at it through, uh, in today's world, God's people are still here. We still exist, and uh, every day there are people that are... Um, um, that are sinning throughout this in, 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 in many aspects of their life, he continues to be long-suffering, waiting on that day when he's going to send his son back to take us all home to be with him. He is very long-suffering, and we are to be Christ-like. That is the goal, is for us to put on Christ, to, put, to take up our cross and follow him. So if we're going to follow him, we need to be long-suffering like him. We need to exercise the patience like him, knowing this, that the trying to your faith work is patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire that means complete and in wanting nothing if we let patience have her perfect work and we let it exercise itself fully and, and, and be complete we'll find ourselves that we really aren't that worried about a lot of things that we're not in really a need of a lot of things and really we can be very content with the very blessings that we have right here in front of us and I think that is something very important for us to have is that we need to through this time through this virus and everything else let patience have her perfect work. If you turn over to the last chapter of the book of James, in James chapter four and verse, uh, sorry, James chapter five, verse seven, it says, "Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath patience, uh, long patience for it, until he receive the early and the latter rain." Uh, I, I could probably bring out a couple of analogies with all this, but I, because I'm not a farmer, but the the scripture is talking about a farmer who goes out and plants in the spring, and he waits a long time. He lets the early rain and the latter rain come, but he's waiting patiently for the fruit to come forth from the earth that it would, uh, and he has patience for it. And, he, and all the time he's working, he's tending the ground, all for the vision that's down the road. It's not immediate. We don't put seed in the ground and it immediately springs up forth. Just like we're raising children. I love my son. He's two years old. It's been two. It's surprising that it's been two years, but I'm not raising a two-year-old. I'm raising the twenty-year-old. I'm, ra I'm I'm looking twenty, twenty-five years down the road right now at a, someone that I hope is going to be a good church member, a good godly person, and a good person in society that will will we'll, we'll be able to also marry one day and have a family of their own. But the benefit and the blessing of it is not now. It's way down the road. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. Become grounded, establish them in the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for the, Lord, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. If we could just take a little bit of time to, to pause during all of this and recognize that God is still on the throne, that God is very long-suffering with us, and that we need to put on Christ, that we need to be like Him, we can also be long-suffering and patient through all of this. And just as I had to be patient, I about... About three months ago, I decided that we were going to put, uh, put our house up for sale. You know, I really wanted to find a house and move the very next week. Just doesn't take, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. It took a long process. And I could tell that each and every step of the way, I was very thankful. Looking back, hindsight being 2020, I'm, I'm very thankful to see how the Lord has blessed us. And if he can bless me and bless my family, I know he can bless all of you. If we just exercise a little bit of patience. Patience with each other. I know some of the husbands, I got a neighbor back home. Maybe he's tuning into this right now. He's a very much an extrovert like I am. And I can just see each and every day as the days go on that he's just got that itch. He's like, I need to be social. I need to get out of this house. I need this. Well, just continue to be a little patient. It's all going to come. It's all, it's all going to go away eventually. 
and we'll be back to normal and we'll be able to gather back here in the church house we'll be able to worship together we may not always be hugging necks and shaking hands in the future but that's okay we'll uh we'll be thankful when this time is over and we're back here together if you will bow with me and we'll try to pray father in heaven we thank you so much for this day we thank you for all the blessings that you give us lord oftentimes we come to you and we start we immediately start asking you for things well lord Right now, all I can think of doing is just saying thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for the people of Zion Rest Church. Thank you for all that you've done for all of God's children that are out there, that whether, uh, whether it, during, during this time of this virus, whether it's been able to, for them to be able to provide for their families or the fact that maybe no one in the families have gotten sick, and that is a blessing right there that none of us have had to suffer during this time. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for the hidden blessings that we don't readily see, but yet they're there every day for us. But, Lord, we just ask you during those times, please, we ask you to open our eyes to see all the many wonderful things that you do for us on a day-to-day basis. Lord, we just ask you at this time, as we are about to, before we go into the preaching service, we ask you to bless this brother that's about to come, that you would uh, bless him with a message that will be beneficial to God's people, that we would be able to tune in and tune our hearts, tune our minds, and see how the Lord can bring forth such wonderful blessings through his word. If we will only just take a moment and recognize that we can't do this by ourselves, but we have a book that is filled with the wisdom of our Heavenly Father, that if we would just att- attend our hearts and our minds to this book, and not to the will of ourselves or the will of the flesh, but only to you, God, that you would, your, your blessings would just overshadow anything we could possibly ask or think of. Lord, we just ask you to bless the people that are here and tuning in and bless this brother as he comes to preach, that he may be able to preach in the power and demonstration of the Spirit and that we can walk away from this time together saying, that was really good and that was really awesome. And Lord, you just blessed today beyond our imagination that we could even think of and we ask all these things in the name of jesus christ and our savior amen to those of you that uh that maybe are tuning in and uh and uh don't know i'll just say it that way uh since uh, since he didn't say who he was kind of that was my son that was elder Derek kitchens uh who has moved back here to jasper and we're thankful as his family to have him here uh i'm charles kitchens and uh Glad to be with you on this Mother's Day. Uh, we're thankful and would like to say uh, uh, Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, young and old. I've got uh, my daughters and my daughter-in-law and others that might be uh, watching or listening, and I'm going to say, hey, Happy Mother's Day to you, uh, as well as others that are out there uh, today. And so just so thankful for our, for our children and our grandchildren and uh, the children and grandchildren of this church, uh, and those that uh, may be listening in. We know we th- that we have those that have been listening in over the last number of weeks, and just so thankful for you. Hope this has been a blessing to you to listen to us and to me and Brother Adam uh, Kinsaw as we've been uh, bringing messages to you. And uh, as Brother Derek has said, we hope this uh, will soon uh, be passed uh, and that we'll be able to gather back together again at the church. And there are those of you that are able uh, out here in the community, we hope you would come and join with us at that time. Appreciate those things that Brother Derek has mentioned about patience. Uh, I know during some of this time I have mentioned uh, the patience of those brethren that are mentioned in the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews uh, that we're to look to uh, as we're as examples as we're traveling through this old world. And uh, today I will be talking about, uh, again, about some of those exam- one of those examples of patience uh, but that's not exactly my, my subject today. Since it's Mother's Day and I had some time to think about uh, this week, and I haven't been preaching through a series like Brother Adam's been preaching through, uh, but all week uh, a, a phrase kept coming to my mind, and uh, as I was thinking about that, I began to put some things together, and I trust that this will be beneficial to you. Uh, but I'm going to be turning to the fourth chapter of the book of Galatians where Brother Adam <laughs> preached last Sunday and uh, honing in on one particular portion of that scripture uh, and uh, just saying that while, uh, while uh, he's, he was talking specifically, in the, is talking specifically about the book of Galatians and about the traditions and the law and the fact that there were men there at the church at Galatia that were trying to bring uh, both the Jews and the Gentiles at the church at Galatia back under the law and emphasizing to them circumcision 
uh, over Christ. Uh, I want to look at a portion of Scripture this morning, uh, verse 26 of Galatians chapter 4, and then we'll go back and explain that to you, and I trust the Lord will bless me to be able to bring this out. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. You know, you think about that portion of Scripture. Here on Mother's Day, we celebrate our earthly mothers. Uh, we honor, you know, the Bible talks about honoring our, father, our fathers of the flesh. Uh, but we also have a heavenly father. And we have, as it's mentioned here, a mother which is above. Uh, and it talks about Jerusalem being that mother. And I believe all of this is, is, uh, is handled into an allegory that's brought out uh, here in the fourth chapter of the book of Galatians. And an allegory is a story that tells another story. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of times we don't realize in the scriptures, and, and I do not believe in taking every scripture and, and doing what, uh, at least as I was trained up and taught, spiritualizing everything that's in the scriptures, trying to say that every scripture tells another story that's not a story. Uh, you'll run into endless heartaches and mistruths and false teachings by trying to spiritualize everything that's in the scripture. But when we look at this story here, the Apostle Paul says, this is an allegory. <laughs> if the Apostle Paul says it's an allegory, I believe it's an allegory. Uh, and so this is a story that tells another story. And if we turn back to the book of Genesis, and we probably will this morning, look back at the, this portion of Scripture that's over there, uh, and, and you know the greater story. But let's read through this real quickly, and then we'll come back and explain some of that uh, as we do. Uh, verse 22, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth bondage, which is Agar, or Hagar was the uh, servant of, uh, of Sarah uh, that we go back and find there mentioned in the uh, book of Genesis. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. <clears throat> but Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou, barren. We'll look at that this morning, Lord willing. That's written back over in the 54th chapter of the book of Isaiah. For it is written, Rejoice thou, barren, that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Oh, I tell you, in, the, in these portions of Scripture this morning, we're going to realize that there's a mother uh, from above that, uh, that we have that uh, has many more children than we could ever imagine in our own little finite minds uh, that are scattered. The Bible tells us that these children are from every kindred, nation, tongue, and tribe on the earth. And we'll see that the, the fulfillment of this, uh, when, uh, when a promise was made to Abraham, we go back and we're going to look at Abraham and Sarah uh, and Hagar and those things there. But if God made a promise to Abraham. He told Abraham, and this, this portion of Scripture is about promises. Uh, and, you know, the, if we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, we would find over there that the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, Amen. God's promises are true. Whether you believe them or don't believe them, uh, they're still true. Uh, so, you know, we can talk about belief and uh, what belief brings about, but the promises of God are true whether you believe them or not. They're still true. Uh, and so uh, uh, what does belief do? Belief gives you the benefit of, of, of knowing the truths of God and the promises of God and getting the benefits and the rest that comes from the, and the peace that comes from the promises of God. But he, uh, let's move on. <laughs> he says, uh, For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, here he's talking to these brethren that are Galatia, both Jew and Gentile. Uh, uh, Paul, who was raised up a, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, uh, uh, born of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. This uh, apostle Paul, who was who for many of years, until God uh, changed his life uh, and uh, turned him around on the Damascus Road, until that day occurred, uh, the apostle Paul had led a, a religious, uh, Pharisaical life 
life, all of his life, uh, uh, was, a, was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, as he himself said, uh, a man who kept the law of God uh, and by, uh, and by the, the law was considered to be uh, blameless. Uh, in other words, uh, no accusation could be made to him, against him that says, Paul, you haven't followed the law. Uh, uh, but you know what? That wasn't enough. Uh, but here he looks at these Gentile brothers uh, that are in the church at Galatia, and he, says, uh, and he says this, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was. Uh, we, if we don't understand how Isaac was, uh, we'll not understand uh, the promise uh, uh, that was made there. Uh, he says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, verse 28 of Galatians 4, uh, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born of the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. I hope when we get done this morning, uh, Paul says we're not, we're not children of the bondwoman, we're children of the free. I heard an old brother a number of years ago uh, made the comment. He says, I hope when I get done with this sermon, uh, you know who your mama is. Um, uh, well, uh, I hope that uh, when, you get, when we get done this morning that you recognize who your mama is, uh, where she is, uh, and you honor her on this Mother's Day as the great mother uh, of us all. So we turn back now to this portion of Scripture. It says, as it is written. We go back over to the Old Testament book of Genesis. We'll find a couple of things there. I'd first like to maybe turn uh, with our thoughts and our minds over to the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis because this is where the promises of God began to be made here in this 12th chapter. It says now, now this, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will shew thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. There is the heart of the very promises that, uh, that are under consideration. Uh, God made a covenant with Abram here and told him, uh, Abraham, or a promise, uh, a testament, if you will, uh, uh, and told him, Abraham, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Uh, later he tells him when, uh, when Abram goes to him and says, uh, how am I going to inherit this land? How am I going to be blessed uh, when I have no seed? when I have no children. Uh, and so uh, God told him, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Uh, Abraham was going in Galatians, as, as uh, has been brought out here by Brother Adam in the last number of weeks, this seed was Christ. Jesus Christ was the seed of Abraham in which all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. And so he says, as it is written, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid. This bond, a bondmaid is a slave. She was a slave, a servant slave to Sarah, Abraham's wife. And it says the one was by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. Uh, now, if we go back over into the uh, book of Genesis, we'll find Abraham came out of the Ur of the Chaldees, uh, journeyed to the land of Canaan, which God promised to Abraham that he would give him this land. Uh, you know, that... Think, uh, Brother Derek's talking about patience this morning. Think about that. Abraham never saw the fulfillment of that promise that he would be inherit that land. Uh, he was a sojourner there. He was a pilgrim and a stranger in that land, but he never saw that promise. Uh, in fact, God told him, uh, your descendants are going to go down into Egypt uh, and they're going to be there 400 years uh, and then I'm going to bring them out uh, and give them this land. Uh, and of course, we know they took a detour 40 years in the wilderness uh, because of their unbelief. Uh, they didn't go into the rest that God had for them of entering into Canaan's land immediately after exit of Egypt. Uh, but uh, God promised this to Abraham, and Abraham never saw this, yet he believed God because God had, he saw God's promises were true. And he learned, one of the ways he learned this was through uh, his son Isaac. Uh, he learned that God was faithful to his promises. Uh, yet uh, uh, when he left out of Ur of Chaldees, Abraham was 75 years old. Uh, Ten years later, 
He and Sarah are still waiting uh, for this child, uh, uh, this uh, this one that uh, would be the uh, would inherit uh, uh, the things of Abraham and inherit this land, and would be the seed that would get, gain this inheritance of Abraham. And Sarah became impatient. Do you ever become impatient? Ten years. You say, well, uh, well she had waited ten years. Uh, I can understand her impatience, maybe. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, see, with God, uh, we, may, we may think, uh, well, why doesn't God do this today? Uh, I'm ready to see uh, uh, the church alive and prospering and growing. Uh, why doesn't God do this? I'm ready for it today. God will deliver in his time, not my time. And so we need to keep working, laboring, trusting, having faith in God, following after him uh, in all these things. But Sarah kept waiting, and so she decided, and she told Abraham, uh, uh, here, uh, you take my handmaid, uh, my bondmaid, uh, my slave, uh, Hagar, and you go into her uh, and have a child. Uh, well, uh, Abraham did do that, uh, and it was strictly a work of the flesh. In other words, it was all by nature. There was nothing miraculous about the birth of, uh, of uh, uh, Ishmael, the son of Hagar and Abraham. It was all just strictly nature working like nature works. And Abraham went into Hagar. Uh, Hagar was of age to be able to have children, uh, and she had a child. Uh, God blessed them with a natural child in a natural way through a natural process. Uh, uh, and you know, uh, just as you might expect, uh, when she, when uh, Hagar realized she had uh, was uh, uh, pregnant with Abraham's child, she began to gloat and look over and uh, kind of taunt uh, Sarah about the fact. Uh, and Sarah uh, uh, laid out her wrath, I guess, against uh, Hagar a little bit. And Hagar fled off into the wilderness. An angel of the Lord appeared to Hagar there and says, Go back and do your job. Go back and continue to be a servant to Sarah. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless this child that you're carrying. Uh, and it's, uh, many nations are going to come forth from this child. And so uh, uh, she went back. She continued to serve. Uh, the child was raised up there in the household. Abraham was now. He had left Ur of Chaldees at uh, 75. Abraham, the Bible says, is now 80 and 6 years old. Uh, 11 years after the time of the passing uh, of uh, coming out of uh, Ur of the Chaldees and going into Canaan's land, uh, Abraham had a child by the name of, of Ishmael. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, Abraham was still concerned uh, <clears throat> the Bible says at age 99, uh, uh, God appeared to Abraham uh, and, uh, and told Abraham, uh, said, Abraham, uh, uh, a year from now, you and Sarah are going to have a child. And the Bible says that Abraham fell down on his face and laughed within himself. Uh, Abraham couldn't believe that he was going to have a child. Uh, and and the Sarah, the book of Hebrews tells us, uh, was past the time for having a child. In other words, uh, uh, the time of her womanhood, the time of the flower of her youth, uh, uh, the fruit of her womb had passed, uh, and uh, now it had moved on to the time like, uh, like uh, aged women do. Uh, uh, that uh, <coughs> The time for being able to have children had come and gone in her life. And yet God promised them, God who had told them 25 years earlier uh, uh, that they would have a child, uh, he came again and reaffirmed his promise to Abraham and to Sarah and said a year from now, Sarah's going to have a child. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, the Bible tells us, if we went to the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, uh, and, and I think in general, while there were, <coughs> there were times of doubt in Abraham, times of doubt in Sarah, the Bible there in the fourth chapter of the book of Romans says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. Uh, he had faith in God. He trusted God and believed in God. That's the reason he followed God out of Ur of Chaldees and settled in this land of Canaan, which God promised to give to him. So we have all of these things going on. Now, uh, Sarah has a child uh, a year later, uh, and this child is a miraculous birth without the intervention of God. And I, that's part of what this whole story is about, is how God was able to take a barren woman and call and bless her uh, to be able to have a child. You know, there, uh, and we'll get to this maybe a little bit later uh, and talk about this, but I'll just mention it briefly. Do you know that there are a number of barren women mentioned in the Bible? Sarah was one of those women. Uh, she was not able to have a child uh, uh, naturally, uh, and so, but God uh, 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 intervened, uh, uh, if you want to call miraculously intervened in her life and enabled her at the age of 90 to be able to have a child. 
and to bring forth this, uh, this seed for Abraham that God had promised. Because God had promised it, he intervened and caused it miraculously to come to pass. Uh, we could go back over in, uh, and look at, uh, there's at least two others that I, I can call to mind this morning. Uh, if we go back over into Hannah, Hannah was not was without child. Uh, and, uh, and her, uh, 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 the other, uh, uh, the wife of her husband uh, was able to have children. And, they, and she uh, taunted uh, uh, Hannah because Hannah was not able to have a child. And when they had gone up to Jerusalem uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to make their offerings during that time, Hannah went and sought the Lord and cried out to God and begged her, uh, God to give her a child. And, and God came to her and appeared to her and told her, uh, I'll give you a child if you'll train. And she promised God, if you give me a child, uh, I'll, I'll devote him to you all his life. God intervened in Hannah's life and gave her the, what became the young prophet Samuel, who was raised up to be uh, one of the last prophets there in the land of, uh, uh, of Canaan uh, in, in the times of the children of Israel. And so, uh, uh, so we come now and see, uh, uh, we turn to the New Testament uh, and we find a woman by the name of Elizabeth, uh, uh, yes, John the Baptist's mother. Uh, she was without child and barren and God intervened in her life. Uh, oh, you think about this story. Uh, if we turn back over to the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah said there would come a forerunner uh, coming before the Lord who would declare uh, his coming uh, and go before, go before him. Uh, and that, that forerunner, the New Testament tells us, was none other than John the Baptist who came declaring, repent uh, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, uh, God intervened in Elizabeth's life. And her and her husband were able to have a child, which became John the Baptist. Right on time. You know, isn't that the way God is? Right on time. This forerunner that had been prophesied and promised came just before the time of the coming of, uh, of Jesus. And John the Baptist went out preaching this message, preparing the people of God. The Messiah has come. Repent, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, well, okay. So now we've talked about the fact that there was uh, Hagar and a child of uh, a natural child of Abraham, a, a miraculous child by Sarah uh, who was born un, unto Abraham because of the intervention of God. We've talked about barren women and how uh, uh, barren women were, were blessed to have children. Why? Not because they went down to the local doctor uh, and had some uh, medical treatment. Uh, God intervened in their life and caused barren women to be able to have children that by nature they would not have been able to have. Now then, let's read through this again. Uh, for it is written, Abraham had two sons, uh, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. He tells us here, uh, uh, when Abraham went into Hagar uh, and they were trying to uh, uh, work out the, the promises of God themselves... It was just a work of the nature. It was just a work of the flesh. Uh, Abraham was still a man that was able to produce and have children. Uh, Hagar was a woman by nature who was able to have children. And it says, uh, but he who was of the bondwoman, Ishmael, uh, was born after the flesh. Uh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Sarah had never had children. Abraham and Sarah, his wife, his true wife uh, had never had a child. Uh, she was barren. And now, the, as we talked about a minute ago, you go back and look at that story. Uh, uh, she had reached the age of 90, and without the uh, intervention of the one who is the life giver. You know, that's, the, that's so important. Uh, uh, in him, uh, uh, we live and move and have our being. Uh, life comes from uh, uh, the fruit of the womb, the Bible tells us, is, is the gift of God uh, over in the book of Psalms. And so, uh, uh, so we know that uh, God blesses uh, uh, wombs to bring forth and to have children uh, and uh, uh, mothers to have children. Uh, but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman who was past age for having children. She, uh, uh, he who was of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth bondage, which is Hagar. Okay, so Hagar represents the flesh. You know, and, and it says also she represents Mount Sinai. Well, what happened at Mount Sinai? We turn back over to the book of Exodus and we'd find over there that the children of Israel who had been led out of Egypt by the mighty hand and the mighty power of God, 
gone through the Red Sea, uh, passed over to the other side, gone to Mount Sinai where, uh, 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 where uh, Moses uh, so a few years before or a year or so before had met God there and God had appeared to him in a burning bush. He carried them back to this mountain and uh, <clears throat> God appeared to them there on the mountain and declared to them the Ten Commandments or the commandments that they were to keep. Uh, you know, uh, it was, it was uh, something that they could do naturally speaking. You know, it didn't take a spiritual person. It didn't take a person born of the Spirit of God to be able to keep keep these laws. Uh, they could do it by their nature. It was by uh, it was by rote, and it had given to them, uh, and they could follow it. To do this, do this, do this. But you know what the Bible tells us? Uh, Brother Adam mentioned this back a few Sundays ago. Uh, uh, let's turn back. Uh, let's just look back over into the third chapter of this same book of Galatians. Uh, uh, it says, "Is the law?" Think about how thir- chapter three and chapter four blending together. Verse 21, it says, is the law against the promises of God? God forbid. Uh, For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness would have come by the law. The law never gave life to anyone. It never caused a single person to become a child of God and to be born again. It was just something they could do. It was a good law, but the law never gave them righteousness. There was only one way. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, verse 22 of chapter 3 of Galatians, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So uh, by believing, there's a promise that comes to us, uh, uh, this faith uh, that we have inside of us, and this promise which comes from God. Uh, the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. You know what? Believing is important for you and me. Uh, believing will not cause uh, you and I to be born again of the Spirit. Uh, we could turn over to First uh, John chapter 5 and read where it says this. Uh, uh, and I may have to turn over there and read it this morning. Uh, uh, but uh, let's make sure that I do because I don't want to misquote it. Uh, but First John chapter 5 says, Whosoever believeth uh, that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So when you find a believer, you found someone who has already been born of the Spirit of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot, loveth him also that's begotten of him. So we got two things going on here. One, it says when you find a believer, you found somebody that's already been born of the Spirit of God. And secondly, uh, those who have been born of the Spirit of God are to love their brethren, those that are begotten uh, also of the Father. So he tells us now, let's turn back to Galatians chapter 4, but I want to make the point. The law doesn't bring life. Uh, The law was given to the children of Israel there uh, at Mount Sinai, but you know what it did? You know what the Bible says about the law? They had to continue to do it year after year after year after year after year. Brother Adams made a great point uh, over the last number of weeks. Uh, they were they were focused in on the portion of the law that had to do with circumcision uh, and how circumcision was a word, it was a, something that they were to do on the eighth day with their children uh, and it was to be an outward symbol uh, that they were the, chi- the children of Israel, that they were the followers of Abraham and it was part of the covenant that was given to Abraham that all of his children uh, and all the children of his uh, in his household, his servants, and those that he had purchased all had to be circumcised as part of that covenant that God made with Abraham in that day. And if we turn back over there we would to the book of Romans again, we would find in the book of Romans that tells us that this circumcision which was given to Abraham as a token of the covenant between God and Abraham, it was all just a, a symbol of what God was going to do spiritually for his his children. Let's read this over in Romans chapter 2. Verse 28 of Romans 2. For for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart and in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, 
but of God. What the Bible tells us is I'm a spiritual Jew. I'm a Jew by the circumcision that took place in my heart when God removed the old hard and stony heart of my flesh and made me a, a child of God through the new birth and the circumcision that took place in my heart. We would find this echoed over in the ninth chapter of the book of Romans. Uh, this same principle echoed again uh, laid out over in the ninth chapter of the book of Romans uh, where it tells us there uh, these things. Uh, and he says, uh, Paul is talking here. And Paul, in a number of places in the book of Romans, Romans 9, Romans 10, and so forth, he he's, has a longing and desire, having come to know that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the Savior, the one that had been promised all these years. Paul had a burning desire for all of his uh, Jewish brethren to see the same thing. And he's talking about this here in Romans chapter 9. He says, verse 3, that I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, for my kinsmen according to the flesh who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. But not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. But the children of promise are counted as seed. Oh, here Paul says again, it's about the promises of God. The children of God are the promised ones. Uh, uh, not, uh, not the children of the flesh, uh, not the seed of the flesh, uh, not Ishmael, uh, uh, but Isaac who was a child of promise from God himself. And God's promises are yea and in him, in him, yea, and in him, amen. What you, the old, the today's modern saying, we say, if God promised it, you'd take it to the bank. Well, taking things to the bank today might not be a good thing. But anyway, another story for another time. Uh, but uh, you, can, you can count on it. God's word is true. And he tells us here that these things, uh, uh, these two children are an allegory. One allegory, he tells us, is about Mount Sinai. They could have done the law. The Bible tells us uh, if we turned over into the book of Hebrews, I think it is, they continued to do the law year after year. They continued to do circumcision year after year after year. And you know what? It never brought, the, it never brought them righteousness. It never saved a single one of them. All it did is bring bondage. What do we got to do? Another year. Got another, got another year of doing the law. <laughs> oh boy. How, and that's the way they looked at it. it. It actually should have been a joy to them to know that in that law there were promises laid out of the coming of Christ and pictures of the coming of Christ. But it became a burden to them instead of a joy. And I'll tell you, if we're not careful, serving the Lord becomes a burden and not a joy. And we want service to the Lord to be a joy in our lives and a blessing in our lives, to see the blessings of the promises of God in our lives, that this world is not our home. Home, or that we have a home that's above, which is the mother of us all. Let's turn, let's keep looking. Now, for this Agar, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is. Brother Adam did a great job, I think, last Sunday talking about uh, that, that bondage was to Jerusalem, which now is. Uh, Jerusalem, the center of their worship, where the temple was, uh, that, that gendered bondage to them year after year after year uh, uh, to go in and continuing to do the law, which was never able to bring about righteousness in their lives. And, and he says, uh, <clears throat> but Jerusalem, uh, which, is, which, is, uh, which is above, is free which is the mother of us all. You know, you think about this, and it says, let's read on verse 27. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren, and bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. We've already mentioned there were a number of barren women that are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, and these women were only able to have children because God intervened in their lives. Uh, I'm going to tell you today, uh, if we turn back to John chapter 3, there was a man by the name of Nicodemus that came to Jesus uh, by night and wanted to know. Uh, uh, he says, we know that thou art a man come from God because no man can do the things that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus looked at uh, Nicodemus and said, 
except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, and Nicodemus, no doubt, was 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 flustered and, and floored and didn't understand and wanted to know how could a man enter his second time into his mother's womb and Jesus declares to him and says that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit I'll tell you uh, if we're going to have spiritual life within us it's going to be because a spiritual uh, the spirit of God from above the Jerusalem which is above has overshadowed us and caused us uh, I can never cause a single one of God's children to be born of the spirit uh, but Jesus uh, uh, Jerusalem which is above which is the mother of us all which is free uh, never in bondage uh, uh, you know we talked brother Adam talked uh, here the last few weeks uh, uh, Isaac was a free child why because he wasn't the child of a slave. Hagar was a slave. Her children were going to be slaves. They were not free. And it, it represented this whole covenant to uh, Mount Sinai. They were in bondage. They were in slavery to continue to do that law. They had to keep that law perfectly. And there was no man that ever kept the law perfectly except Jesus Christ who came and fulfilled it to a jot and to a tittle, my friends. When he came and he suffered and he died as that Lamb of God upon the cross and offered his blood to the Heavenly Father for our sins, then the law was fulfilled. Then he could be upon the cross and cry out, it is finished uh, uh, there that day. Uh, uh, but you and I could have done the law and could do the law year after year after year. And you know what? We'd fail. We'd miss it. Somewhere along the way, we would not be able to do it. That's the bondage that comes with the law. But I'll tell you what, there's a freedom that comes by the promises of God. The promises of God are in Him, yea, and in Him, amen. And let's, let's read on now uh, in, this, uh, uh, in, in Isaiah chapter 54. For it says it is written, uh, that it's written in Isaiah 54, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry thou that travailest not, for the desolate, the barren, that's talking about the barren, the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. In, in Isaiah chapter 54, and I have to say this, and I, I certainly don't have time to go into this this morning, but if you, if you want to really uh, get some joy out of Isaiah 54, go back and read Isaiah 53. Go and read about how God promised that there was going to be one that was going to come uh, and, and would uh, uh, set them free. Uh, <clears throat> he would be despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Uh, uh, we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. That's Isaiah 53, talking about the coming of the suffering Savior, Jesus Christ. <coughs> and he says, then, then it begins uh, Isaiah uh, 54. Uh, he says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail uh, with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the child of the married wife, saith the Lord. Now, Paul has told us this is an allegory over in the New Testament. Uh, but he says, in law, listen to verse 2. This is one of the ones I wanted to get to. Chapter two, Verse 2 here in Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not. Strengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Have any of y'all ever put up a tent? <coughs> when we do our singing, when we do our singing school every year, we usually put up, a, uh, for a number of years, we put up a large tent. That large tent has some big cords that come out from it that, that tie it down. It's tied into stakes. And, and what, what the uh, writer here is saying is enlarge the place of thy tent. Why? Because the barons going to have a lot of children. Uh, or the barons are going to be enlarged. How is it going to be enlarged? Well, they thought in their day uh, uh, that uh, there were just uh, the Jews, that, 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 that uh, Jehovah God was just the God of the Jews. Uh, oh, but he had a family, family out of every kindred nation and tongue. The Gentiles were part of this kingdom also. Uh, so he says, enlarge your tent. Stretch your cords out. To, uh, make the stake strong. You're going to need a big old tent out there uh, for, uh, uh, for this big family. Family. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, strengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Oh, I tell you, the cities that you thought were not inhabited by, by Jews are inhabited by Jews. Why? Because there's Jews among the Gentiles. Why? Because they're not all Jews that are Jews, the children of Abraham of the flesh, 
but children of faith are the children of Abraham, those that are born of the Spirit of God. The, these are the children of Abraham. And so he says, Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shall not remember the reproach of thy widow, widowhood anymore, for thy maker is thy husband. Who's our husband? Our husband's our maker. The maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Thy redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth. But when thou wast, when thou wast refused, saith God, for a small moment I have forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Oh, read the rest of chapter 54 sometime. I, I'll not do all of that this morning and go into all that, but your tent needs to be enlarged. Our vision needs to be bigger. Our, uh, we need more room. Why? Because there's a great number of God's children out there uh, who are Gentiles and Jews and of every nation, kindred and tongue and tribe on the face of the earth. For it is written, Rejoice thou, barren. Oh, I tell you, you know what? When it comes to me and you... We're barren when it comes to uh, trying to create God's family. We can't do it. We're like, we're like Sarah was, wanting to have a child so that she'd have someone to inherit uh, her, her land and her, Abraham's land and the promise. Uh, but she couldn't bring it to pass. She could try to go uh, uh, give Hagar to her husband, but that wasn't the seed. That wasn't the one because only the free child was going to inherit uh, the, the land. And I'll tell you, only the free child is going to enjoy, is going to inherit God's kingdom. Those which are born from above. Jerusalem is free, which is the mother of us all. She's, not, she's never been in bondage, my friend. She's never been in slavery. Why? Because her birth comes from above. Now we, brethren, let's, leave, let's just read this again. For it is written, Rejoice thou, barren, that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise. Who are you and I? We're promised children. You know what? If God's promises are yea and amen, even if Sarah, Abraham and Sarah had to wait 25 years to see the fulfillment of it, even if it had to be past his time of, of having children and her time for having children, yet God was able to give life to that womb and, and life to the Abraham, uh, Abraham's body so that they could have a child. You and I, my friends, have been promised a home in heaven. And do you believe in that home? Well, that's just evidence today that you're born again a child of God. That's what that is. Uh, uh, if you believe that, you believe that Jesus is the Christ. It's evidence that God has already worked uh, life into you, just as he worked life into Abraham and Sarah before they brought forth that child uh, that he had promised them. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of the promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. See, it's now it's saying that, Ab that uh, Isaac represented a spirit-born person. And that Ishmael represented the flesh. And it says, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him. In the, in the Old Testament, it says, uh, Ishmael mocked I, uh, Isaac. Well, what does the word mocked mean? It means he made fun of him. He laughed at him. Uh, you know, today, the children of the flesh mock the children of the spirit. Uh, we see this going on in our nation today. People that believe in God, believe in the things of God, are mocked and made fun of by the vast world. When Jesus Christ came into this world, uh, the people of the, the Pharisees, and that they mocked him. Uh, we find that they, they hung, a, they put a crown of thorns on his head, uh, uh, the Romans did. Uh, they put a robe upon his body and said, Oh, the king of the Jews! And they all mocked him and laughed at him. I'll tell you, the children of the flesh mock the children of the Spirit today. And it was so in that day. And the type and example of that was Ishmael laughing at Isaac. Oh, no doubt he laughed at him. Oh, who do you think you are? You know what the Bible says? And we go on and read. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. After Isaac was born, and she had left once and came back. But now her son began to mock, uh, mock Isaac. And you know what? She, uh, uh, <clears throat> Sarah said, 
cast out the bondwoman and her son. Say, oh, that seems very cruel. No, the, ch the, the flesh needs to, be fl needs to be thrown out. Uh, the children of the flesh, and I'm not talking about the church and all these things. I'm talking about in our lives. It's an example in our lives. Put the flesh away. Put the law away. Put Mount Sinai away in a sense. And I'm not saying not to do the things of the Ten Commandments. I'm just saying these things don't bring life. And we need to be following after the commandments of God. Cast out the bondwoman and, uh, and her son for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. <clears throat> Ishmael was never intended to be the heir. <laughs> it was, he was a child of the flesh. Isaac was the child of the promise. He was the child of the free woman. You and I are children of the free woman. <laughs> That's who our mother is. In case you were wondering, if you want to know who your mama is, your mama is Jerusalem. She's from above. She's free. And because of that, you're an inheritor of the kingdom. Of God, because God, what God has made free, if, if God, God make you free, then are you free indeed? Uh, I'll tell you, God has made us free from the bondage of the law. God has made us free from the law of sin and death. God has made us free uh, from the penalty and the suffering of the law uh, of God, of God, the punishment that He poured out on uh, Adam there that day and, and Eve. Uh, I'll tell you, what, God has set us free, and if God has made you free. You're free. If you believe the truth, the truth shall make you free, and then you should be free indeed. So then, brethren, verse 31. So then, brethren, we're not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Oh, I'm telling you. Uh, I don't know about you, but on this Mother's Day, I, I, I had a great mama. I miss her uh, still today. And many of you out there listening to me might be thinking, you know, your mothers have passed on, uh, and uh, I still think about mine, and I still think about things I'd like to tell her and like to like to see her. But one of these days, I'm going to be reunited with her on the other side, uh, and I'm going to see her in all of her all of her glory and all of her beauty. Uh, but in the meantime, let's not forget we've got a mother that's free, that's from above. From where, our, from where our life comes from, the same place that Isaac's life came from, the same place your spiritual birth comes from, it comes from above. And I'll tell you what, you are free. You are sons of the, and daughters of the free woman. Let us be glad and rejoice in that today. I'll close with a word of prayer in just a moment, but while, I'm, while I have your attention for just a minute, uh, I trust that by, uh, you know, the uh, things that have been going on over the last number of weeks, and our, our governor, I think, has maybe opened up some things a little bit more. I know there will be some businesses able to open on Monday. Hopefully, we'll be able to get back to having worship services, and we'll have some discussion about whether we gather together here on Wednesday night, this Wednesday, or uh, and next Sunday. Uh, but let's just be, be reminded that uh, we need to be cautious and respectful of everyone when we gather together. Uh, we'll not be doing our customary handshakes, and uh, I would hope that uh, we can spread out here in this building and be able to worship God again together, but not uh, infringing on the uh, space of those that need to be uh, able to have that space. Me, me and Brother Adam were talking earlier. It'd be a great shame, you know. You, you get to be, uh, I can joke and say this a little bit, you get to be an old guy like me, uh, and, you know, that's, uh, that's the target, uh, that's the target demog demography uh, for the, uh, for the, for the, uh, for the COVID virus. And so, uh, we don't want to do anything that would uh, cause any harm to any of our older brothers and sisters. And so, as we do gather back together, uh, when we do, Let's remember to be respectful and cautious in, uh, in how we do that. Uh, so uh, I hope, uh, hope God has blessed you today in this sermon. Uh, think about it. Study about it. Think about how uh, that, uh, that blessing, that allegory there of these two children uh, and the law and the freedom that we have. I'd love to talk about the two covenants and get on talking about how those things represented those two covenants a little bit more. Uh, but uh, maybe that'll be for another time. May God bless you. Bow with us as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us, Lord, to be able to study out your word and to learn to see so many beautiful truths there that help us to understand how uh, that you can have a people over in Africa and India and, and Russia and China 
and even though they might be persecuted by by the flesh and by the things of the flesh that, that appear in so many places, uh, uh, yet, O oh Lord, you're able to penetrate the Iron Curtain uh, uh, and, and other places that might have been over the years. Lord, we're thankful that uh, your Holy Spirit's not hindered uh, by the by the uh, road roadblocks of man, uh, but Lord, that's able to go and to bring about a uh, new birth and new life in those uh, of your children, Lord, scattered throughout this entire world. For Lord, we're thankful that the barren has many more children than the, the one that has a husband. Oh, Lord, we ask this day that you'd bless our church, bless our church family, bless those that might be listening today, Lord, that they might have the, uh, the joy and the knowledge of your grace and love in their lives, and Lord, that they might live, a, 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 as, as the next verse says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Uh, that we have in Christ Jesus. May Lord bless us this week to stand fast, to hold firm in the liberty that we have in Christ. Lord, forgive us as we go forward. Help us to be loving, caring, uh, children of the children of the King, children of the of the Mother that we have from above. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name, and Amen.